We'll take our text tonight from the from Hebrews chapter 10 and we'll read verses 19 through 22. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 22, uh, greetings uh, from the saints in Dallas. Uh, seems like I said that recently, but uh, glad to be back here once again. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Uh, Having therefore, brethren, boldness uh, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The veil, uh, as we know, is a <clears throat> something that was instituted back in the uh, tabernacle, in the wilderness, uh, the Lord had issued a command that, uh, while well, he issued a lot of commands about how uh, the tabernacle was to be built and, and how it was to be fashioned and, and uh, gave very uh, specific, specific orders on how that was to be accomplished. But one of those things that he instituted was a veil uh, between the holy place and the holiest uh, place or the holy of holies. Uh, this veil was a, a barrier that was meant to, uh, well, kind of be a warning, but the only person that could go behind that veil was the high priest, and only once a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. And there was a, a lot of uh, things that went into that uh, ceremony and uh, washing and sacrifices and so forth. And so I began to think about, you know, being restricted uh, from going certain places. Um, Military bases come to my mind. I worked with a man who had been uh, stationed in Okinawa, and he uh, indicated that there were times when he had uh, sensitive information, and there were only places that he could go, even other people on the base could not. He, uh, He was restricted, or everybody else was restricted from going on base. Uh, if you went to a military base today and you were not military or former military, they would ask you your business and, and you might be denied access. Uh, I remember uh, when I was very young, uh, my parents had divorced and my father had been um, stationed at uh, an Air Force base. And, uh, and it was difficult for my mom and I. Um, I didn't know this at the time. Mom provided very well, but there was a time when she was working three jobs to make sure that we could make it. And so uh, uh, she held on to her military credential, which basically was just a pass to get on base. And, and for the first few years of my life, I, I had military haircuts. Uh, it was the, the way it was. Uh, she'd show her identification, and we'd go on base, and she'd take me right to the barber there and even have some pictures of me with the, the barber there on base. Eventually that had to end, and, and, uh, and I barely remember it, quite honestly. But she, she was granted access to, to the base because of her credentials. She had been given access. And really, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, probably the most famous military base uh, through the years has been Fort Knox. Uh, and we all know what is, well, I, I think we all know what is held there. Uh, if you don't, I'll tell you now. 
the largest U.S. deposit of gold is there at Fort Knox, and they, they keep it rather safe. And, and, you know, there's been numerous people who have dreamed about getting into Fort Knox, but, uh, but you, you, we're restricted from going there. There's no business that we have there. Uh, so the, the essence here that we're talking about is that we, we want to be granted access. I, I always like knowing what's behind the curtain. I don't know, maybe you do or don't. Uh, but I remember when I was in high school, one of the things, uh, I, I tried out for plays and that kind of stuff because I wanted to know what was behind the curtain. I wasn't really so interested in the, the play as I was, you know, behind the scenes, what was going on there. And so it, it motivated me to, uh, to try and be a part of all of that. Uh, let's turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27, verses 50 and 51. Matthew 27, 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Uh, we've been granted access. There's no more this separation. We've been granted access. And the value of that, you cannot place too high a price on the value of access to the Holy of Holies. Access to the throne of God. Access to be in His presence. If we look uh, through the Bible here, we see that uh, the Lord restricted access uh, for a number of reasons, but the chiefest of which uh, was for our own safety. We, we read about how uh, he granted particular access to Moses, uh, unlike anybody else. Uh, and even Moses, he, he said that he had to put his hand over Moses, that he would not see the glory of God, for, for it would kill him. Uh, the, the high priest was granted a certain access for a certain amount of time, uh, but the, the, they wore bells on their clothing to make sure that if they were struck dead in the presence of God, that they could retrieve the body. It, the the uh, the Lord uh, would not uh, behold a sinful man. There needed to be a price uh, that was paid, and Jesus paid that price. It's no accident uh, that on this day when He was crucified, when He yielded up the ghost, uh, that this uh, veil was rent in two. It was a miracle. In fact, I, I wonder uh, what the priests thought uh, that were close by when this happened. Uh, all the pandemonium that must have just uh, taken place uh, because it, it, it tore from the top. Now, if uh, you and I were going to try and tear that curtain, we would start at the bottom, but it tore from the top. And it went all the way to the bottom. And it was uh, gave access to all of us. To the throne of grace. The, the beauty, uh, the opportunity. We've been granted access. Uh, this veil uh, was uh, significant 
uh, and so was the price that was paid uh, to remove it. Jesus uh, paid the price so that you and I uh, could uh, be saved. Uh, But more than that, so we could be sanctified. And more than that, so we could be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Lord uh, made a way for us. And it's a beautiful way. And I think a lot of times we, we, we hold back because perhaps we're afraid. Perhaps we, we don't know what the next step is going to bring us to. We don't know where, where it's going to lead. Uh, well, rest assured, God's got that figured out. Uh, he had it all figured out to the point at which the, that veil would be rent and, and to give you access. Uh, God uh, loves us so much uh, that He wanted to be close to us and He made all of this possible uh, over uh, thousands of years so that, uh, that this time could happen and we could have access. God desires closeness with us. I've thought about that with Moses and the, and the burning bush. He, the Lord told him, He said, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. You know, I've thought about that. Why did He have him take off his shoes? Well, shoes represented a man-made substance, a man-made thing between uh, him and his Creator. Uh, he wanted to be close to Moses. He wanted to be close to his people. And He desires that of us today. If you are here and you've not been saved, if you're listening to uh, to this message and you've not been saved, uh, the Lord has that for you. You've been granted access. You've been granted uh, the the opportunity for pardon. Uh, the Lord uh, wants to save you. Well, what does that mean to be saved? It means that you have your sins forgiven. It means to uh, to have a home in heaven prepared for you. It means to have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. Well, what does it take for us to enter in? What does it take for us to uh, to take advantage of this access? Well, there are a few things. We turn to Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57, verse 15. He says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. We must come humbly before God. It's interesting because the scripture that we read in Hebrew says uh, boldly. And how do you reconcile boldly with humbly? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, There's a lot of misconception about what humility is. Uh, Humility is not self-hurt. Humility is not uh, thinking that you're the worst person in existence. Humility is not degrading yourself. Humility is the understanding 
uh, that God knows what's best. Humility is the understanding uh, that God has everything in control. Humility is not worry. It is not uh, self-flagellation. It is not any of those things. Humility is the comfort and knowledge that God knows. And you can put anything thereafter. That's what humility is. So how can we come boldly and have humility? Because we can come boldly according to the promises of God. Because after all, it is God who made them. And it is God who will fulfill them. And so we can come humbly and approach God by His promises, by His Word, by His authority, because He told us to. So humility is not self-hurt. It's not yelling at yourself. It's not any of those things. It is simply coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I am Yours. Lord, You know. I don't. That's my favorite phrase. I think I've shared this with you before. I'm not clever enough. I'm just not. And that's the essence of humility. I don't know, but I know you do. And the Lord will, will come down. He says that He will dwell with those that come humbly and contritely before God. What an opportunity that we can be close to Him. We can turn to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. You see, when we come to the Lord uh, to be granted access, He asks for it all. He asks for our whole heart, uh, that we should uh, give everything to Him. I, I like to think of my heart as a series of compartments, and I perhaps have shared this with you before too. Uh, in fact, sometimes my wife will change, she's gotten really good at this, uh, or better at this, but uh, she'll change gears on me and she'll switch topics, and it's, I have to move from one box in my heart, heart and head to another box in my heart and head. And it becomes a challenge sometimes. And one time I described it to her like this, the box you're asking me to be in is like going from Dallas to Portland. I've got, I've got time, I need time, I need to get there. So the boxes of my heart, the, the boxes that contain the different things of my life and, and what I do and what I don't do, the Lord uh, wants all of those. The Lord wants to be in all of those. He, he says to search for Him with all your heart, every part of it. Uh, what about the, the part that, that, that is about work? Yes, the Lord wants you to s search for Him with that part of your heart as well. God wants uh, to be involved in, in the things that you do on a daily basis. He wants you to consult Him. I do this all the time. I found that I'm really not all that great as an employee. I just trust the Lord. And the Lord just seems to work all those things out. You know, I, I just, the, the, the concept, we want to, to come to Him with every part. And, and you know, this, this really isn't a hard thing. I think a lot of times people hold something back because it's like, well, well, this is mine. I don't want to share that with, with the Lord. Maybe they wouldn't put it in those terms. But, but I've thought about this. Uh, tomorrow, my wife and I are, are going to spend the day together. 
you know, and the reason we're going to do that is because I, I love my wife. I have no idea why she likes spending time with me, but she does. But I love my wife. And, and my time is precious. I don't know where it all goes. There's just so many things. The last couple of weeks have just been frantic. And my time is precious, but I want to give her my time because I love her. Because I care about her. Because I'm interested in the things that, that are going on in her life. Uh, you know, when you love somebody, you want to give them uh, those things. You want to, uh, to yield them. And that's what the Lord is asking us. You know, if you, if you love the Lord, uh, giving Him that part of your heart that is the most valuable to you is, is just a part of it. When we love the Lord, we, we have the opportunity to, uh, to, to give that unto Him and He knows what to do with it. I've often thought about that when we hold things so precious and valuable. Why wouldn't we want to give them to the Lord? After all, He knows what to do with them. After all, He can protect them uh, better than I can. I thought about that as being a parent, as my, my kids are out in this world. You know what? What's going to happen to them? Or what are the things that are going to, uh, that they're going to do? And I, and I worry about those things. The things that, that, that the children are exposed to. I found out that at one time near our home, there were at least two predators that lived close by. That concerned me as a parent. What am I to do? Well, I gave them to the Lord. What can I do? What can you do? I gave them to the Lord. And I pray for my children, and, and, I, and I hope you do too. I pray for my children. Lord, keep them from the evil. Keep them from the, the, the difficulty. Keep them from the thing that would, uh, that would hurt them. Oh, the Lord knows what He's doing. Why would you not give uh, that part of your heart? Why would you not give the thing most precious to you to the Lord? He says you'll be found. He'll be found if you give Him your whole heart. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. I probably don't even need to read this one to you. Hebrews 11, chapter 6, or pardon me, chapter 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I think faith is another one that people get confused about. Uh, I, I like uh, the man that approached the Lord, and he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He understood that there were things that he, he couldn't understand, but he, oh, he wanted to just give everything. Lord, I, help me. Oh, that's a good prayer to pray. Oh, Lord, help me to have the faith that I need. You know, the beauty of this is that the Lord has given us all the measure of faith, it says in scripture. He's given us all the measure of faith. He's given us all the faith that we need to overcome uh, this old world, to, to have access to the throne of grace. God has given us all the faith that we need. He just wants us to use it. Oh, uh, that we should uh, come to Him in full assurance of faith. I don't think any of us question, uh, you know, that we believe that He is. Certainly we believe that God is. But we must believe that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You know, really, the, the, the essence of all of this is very simple. We must come to God humbly with our whole heart in full assurance of faith. 
And that's what it takes. We've been granted access. We can come directly to the throne. And what is it that you need tonight? Do you need to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit? You've been granted access. And there's nothing that holds you back. Uh, oftentimes, I, I think that, uh, you know, we've been granted access. And I mentioned military bases. I, I think that we erect our own walls around ourselves. Uh, we do so uh, by, uh, for instance, not giving the Lord our whole heart. We, we erect walls around that portion of our heart, thereby taking away our access, taking away the, the precious thing that God has available to us. Oh, but the Lord wants to fill you. The Lord wants to touch your life. He's orchestrated this moment for you to have access to the throne of God. So we can come boldly. We can come with whatever our need is, whatever the, the thing is uh, that we are struggling with. I heard an account one time of a young man who came down and, and he prayed and he was praying earnestly. And people thought maybe he was praying for an experience. And I'll just give you the, the short of it. No, he was praying to know how to fix his motorcycle because it was his only mode of transportation. But he came to the throne of grace. He came boldly and said, Lord, you know. You know what I need. And sure enough, he left with the answer to his problem and was able to fix his motorcycle. We, we can come with anything before God. Why would you hold back? Why would you hold on to something? Why would you, you try and uh, erect your own walls or, or put up fences uh, to having access? Jesus paid the price. That, that veil was rent. You and I can rush to the throne of God. We have access. Jesus wants to save you tonight. He wants to, to fill your heart. He wants to sanctify you tonight. Maybe you thought, well, I, I prayed an awful long time and it, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, do you believe? Do, do you just trust the Lord? Have you given Him everything? Then just hold on. You, you cannot prevent the promises of God if you come to God this way. They will happen. Oh, the Lord wants to fill you. The Lord has that tonight. Do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's a silly question. Of course you do. You need to be filled. And the Lord has that for you tonight. Oh Lord, maybe it's been long. Maybe it's been years and you've been praying. Maybe even you haven't been praying so much lately. But the Lord has it for you tonight. Come boldly under that throne. Come boldly through that veil. You have access to everything. The storehouse of heaven. God will grant that tonight.